Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. You know, I used to uh, Bible school and, um, you know, started preaching. Back then, uh, people preached uh, an hour was just normal. You know, I remember Oral Roberts. Anybody remember Oral Roberts? He came to our school one day. He says, I don't preach by the clock. I preach by the calendar. (laughs) But he preached over two hours, and it was like, man, it went so fast. So uh, thank you, Lord. So anyway, uh, I used to make fun of people that only preached a half hour, but I'm being forced to. So that's probably what I get for making fun of people that only preached half hour. I've actually seen him preach 15 minutes. I remember one time I was, um, I was at a church I used to go to. And uh, I re- he, he, the pastor was going through his thing, and he messed up on the paper. So... He stopped it. He went back and did what he did, and then he went back, got on the paper again. Well, I, I, I use paper, but I don't, I'm not planted there. So anyway, I want to I continue what I started last week about, uh, about hope and um, keeping your hope sharp. The next time I get to preach, uh, if the Lord wills, I'm going to talk about get your hope up. You've heard about get your get your praise on. We'll get your hope up. But today I uh, I just need to talk a little bit uh, more about where I was at before. And the Lord spoke to me as we were going through worship and he talked about perception. The way we perceive things. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we put our, uh, we perceive things and we put so much more emphasis and value on things that, uh, that don't really amount to much. I have a rock in my shoe, so I got to take them off. So, <laughs> so I want to talk about perception. You know, you might think that, uh, you might think that, where things are at right well let, let me not go there yet i'm going there so uh jerusalem had an army of innumerable enemies surrounding them and by perception they were going to be destroyed but through prayer hezekiah was able to moved the heart of God, and God sent one angel and killed 185,000 enemy soldiers in one night. Now, the perception was is that they're going to win and we're going to lose. 
Another, another point. There was an army surround, I think it was the Assyrians, they, were, they had surrounded Samaria. Uh, they, they were under siege. It was so bad, people were paying to eat dove's dung. They were actually, there was two women that actually ate one, ate one of their children. That's how bad it was. Say bad. And so uh, the king comes, he's going to kill the prophet, and the prophet uh, says to him, by this time tomorrow, you know, there's going to be plenty. And the, and the king's um, right-hand man said, even if heaven opened up, would that be possible? And so Elisha said, You'll see it, but you'll not partake of it. And so that evening, there were four lepers. They were sitting outside of of the walls of Samaria. And they said, you know, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we, maybe we can go out and throw ourselves on the mercy of the enemy. Maybe they'll let us live. But either way, if we sit here, we're going to die. So they get up, these four lepers, and they start walking out to the enemy's camp. Say perception. What the enemy heard was troops of warriors coming to attack them. How many of you know sometimes your little thing, you might not think amounts to anything, is going to turn the tide on the enemy. So they heard these four lepers coming, which God magnified into the sound of a great and mighty army. They just left everything. I mean, they were taking off their clothes. They're taking off everything just to lighten up so they could run and get away. So they can run and get away. So let me just say this. Perception. Perception is key to what I'm talking about. And your hope actually builds proper perspective. You know, the scripture said, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Also, in Revelation 21, because during worship, I had to have a, (laughs) I wanted a solid scripture to back this up. He says in Revelation 21, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Do you know, we have a beautiful earth, but what God's going to give us in the future is going to be so much better. Say so much better. I mean, there's places on on this earth that is absolutely gorgeous, but God has got something better planned. Hey, if you want to see the ocean, you better go pretty soon because the next heaven and earth is not going to have an ocean. Not going to have, says no more sea. So Aaron, no more beach. (laughs) No more beach time. Praise the Lord. God is good. So I just want to review just a little bit of what we talked about last week. Um, And... um, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. It says this, Finally, be of one mind. 
How many of you know that that is, that would be a miracle? That'd be a miracle. How many of you have ever argued with yourself? So just for you to be at one mind with yourself, and then he's telling the church, I want you all to be of one mind. He's not going to tell you to do something we can't do. So the way for that to happen is to have the grace of God, to have the hope of God, to have the peace of God, to have the word of God so that we can be of one mind. He says, finally, be of one mind, having compassion one for another, love as brethren, be pitiful or uh, have pity on people, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. Railing means, again, to continually speak damaging words, to continually speak damaging words. Now, in this, in this context, it's talking about speaking evil, uh, damaging words about other people. But how many of you know that you can speak damaging words about yourself? Have you ever heard somebody say, oh, I'm just a dummy? I can't do anything right. I can't do this. I can't. I can't. That is railing against yourself. And God says, God says we're to stop doing it. Okay, why? Because when we, when we are railing against ourselves or we are railing against other people, we cannot have a proper biblical hope. And we talked about last week that, you know, there's so much emphasis on faith, but unless you have a proper hope, your faith's not going to work. Because faith is the substance of things hope for. So if I don't have a hope, I don't have anything for my faith to give substance to. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm glad you said that, Danny, because I was worried. <laughs> no, really, you know, because sometimes when you preach things over again, you know, well, a bunch of people said last week, oh man, you got more of that. I said, yeah, but I hate to do it because usually it's not as good the second time. But my chili's better the second time. Yeah. How, how many of you ever, ever noticed spaghetti after it's reheated? Hallelujah. Sometimes I've actually made pots of chili and just put it in the refrigerator <laughs> so that I can, it'll be better the first time I eat it. Hallelujah. So we're just believing the Lord that this is going to be a good one. <laughs> So he says, uh, not rendering evil for evil, railing for rail, railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that you are hereunto called that you might inherit a blessing. I want you to know that you have a calling upon your life, and the calling is, is that you be blessed so that you in turn could bless others. You know, that's actually the calling that God gave to Abraham. God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you can bless the world. I'm going to bless you so that you can bless the world. And of course, we know that the ultimate blessing is that Jesus Christ came through the line of, of Abraham. But God richly blessed 
Abraham in all substance and in all wisdom and in all knowledge and in all understanding, even when he do th didn't do things exactly right. How many of you do everything exactly right? You know, uh, after, after my message today, I have to go apologize to somebody. I, I was talking to somebody in the hall, and they said something, and I said a sarc wasn't sarcastic. Yeah, well, I guess, I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was sarcastic humor. And we all laughed about it, but I thought, no, that's not the way I want to do it. I want to be good. I have to quit making jokes, because most jokes are sarcastic, you know that? Oh, we'll, we'll give it a shot sometime. But, but you know, we, we have got to, we've got to be a blessing. If I learn to bless myself, see, a lot of the, re, a lot of the times we can't bless others because we don't, have, we don't have enough faith to even bless ourselves. You know, Jesus said to love your neighbor as you hate yourself. No, he said to love your neighbor as you love yourself. I'd like to tell some people, don't even bother loving me because you hate yourself so much. I don't want your love. I don't want the kind of love that you're dishing out. Thank you, Jesus. So we are called to inherit a blessing. And then I love this verse, uh, verse 10. He says, for he that would love life, and see good days, let him reframe his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. Guile is, guile is like double talk. It's deception. It's saying one thing and meaning another. But it's, in this context, it's deceptive, uh, deception. But he says, he that would love life and see good days, let him reframe his tongue from evil. Now, we've already talked about this last week, but, you know, depending on your definition of evil is to how you will respond to that scripture. Of course, we know that, uh, you know, a serial killer is doing evil. He's not talking about that. We're not talking about, we're not talking about, uh, things that we label categorically uh, as really bad sins. God says that speaking evil is speaking contrary to what he says. Say, well, you got a scripture for that. I'm glad you asked, even though you might not have asked. But the scripture would be found in Numbers. Numbers chapter 30. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this because we touched on it last week. But I missed something that I thought was really good. He says in Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, Now Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. How many of you know that he had hope in him? That's why he was able to say what he was saying. Now the other ten came back and said, The land which you sent us into is just like you said, but the, but the land eats the inhabitants. Well, if it ate the inhabitants, why would people still be living there? And he says, and by the way, there are giants there. There are giants there. But Caleb said, let's go up at once. Why? Because he had a hope and he had a proper perception. 
You have to have a proper perception of yourself and you have to have a proper perception of how God perceives you. God does not perceive you as weak. God does not perceive you as, as unable. As a matter of fact, he says, you are my, uh, you're my place of residence and I am going to establish and promote my kingdom from you. I love the scripture in Ephesians where it says this. It says, now him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in heaven. Is that what it says? No, it says according to the power that works in us. Now we're still dependent upon God for that power and, and that power is not independent of him, but it's in us and it's waiting to be released and it's released by what we talk about. He who would love life and see good days, let him reframe his tongue from speaking evil or let him reframe his tongue from speaking contrary to what God says, to what God says. So Caleb stilled the people and said, let us go up at once for we are well able to possess it and to overcome it. He says this, he says, but the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Now, you know, they didn't use any foul words. This blankety-blank land that you sent us into? No, they didn't say it. They gave, they gave a report according to their what? Perception. What did Joshua and Caleb give? They gave a report according to their perception, but their perception was filtered through hope. What is, what is, your, what is your filter? You know, we sang a song this morning, no longer a slave to fear. No longer a slave to fear. If we allow fear to have a hold in us, uh, everything we think about goes through that filter of fear and, and contaminates how we perceive things. So we want to cut that out. How you talk will either encourage yourself or discourage you. You, you know, uh, in the world we live in, you should be your best encourager. Because I'll tell you what, there's people that will not encourage you. There's people, there's people even in the church won't encourage you. But the reality is, is that you, that as you have hope in God and you see what God says about you, then you can do what God's called you to do. You are, because you are called to inherit a blessing. You're not called to be cursed. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it's written, curses everyone that hangs on a tree. In other words, Christ took and bore our curse so that we could be blessed. Turn to somebody and say, you look blessed. Whether you think so or not. So your self-talk 
So your self-talk is either going to promote you or discourage you. I want to also point out this. How many spies, let me ask you this question. How many spies went into the land? Twelve. How many of them gave a bad report? Ten. How many of them gave a good report? That means, according to this passage, then the majority is not always right. You know, when you're believing God, you might, you could, depending on where you're at, you could be in the minority most of the time, but the minority is probably, is going to be right if they're standing and believing God's word. Come on. The majority failed here. It says, and they brought an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, the saying that the land which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people we saw there are men of great stature. Well, you know what? When God was looking at them, he saw them as men of great stature. But they didn't see themselves that way. Doesn't matter what God see. Doesn't matter how God sees you. It matters how you see you. Because God sees you as people of great stature. But if you, don't, you know, if you don't have that right perception about yourself, you will refuse to go in and take the territory that God's called you to take. And I'm not even talking about big territory. I'm talking about enjoying life. That's taking territory. I'm talking about enjoying, enjoying relationships. That is taking territory. I, you know, we've got to get to those little things before we can tackle those big things. Because as you, as you win those little battles, it gives you courage for greater and greater battles to be won. He says, they said the people we saw there were men of great stature, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which, com, which come, uh, come of the giants, and we were in our sights as grasshoppers. I'm not going to belabor this because there's been, you know, uh, I think T.D. Jakes, he did a real good job preaching this one time. But how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a grasshopper? Or do you see yourself as a giant? You know, when you stand up and use the authority of the name of Jesus, hell sees you as a giant. Hell sees you, they are ready to run in fear. As a matter of fact, the scripture says this, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That word flee from the Greek means to run as if in terror. To run as if in terror. Is the devil running from you or are you running from the devil? Oh, brother, pay for me. The devil's been after me all week. The devil shouldn't be after you. You should be after him. I mean, we know, we've got to reverse it. Why? You know, that's perception. That's perception. Oh, don't say, don't say that. The devil might hear you. Well, I hope he does hear me. Because bless God, in the name of Jesus, I have the greater one on the inside of me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And so it is with you. 
But we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. How do you see yourself? It says, and so were we in their sight. So we saw ourselves as grasshoppers, and they saw us as grasshoppers. Hey, did they, did they go up and, uh, and knock on their uh, kneecap and say, hey, how do you see me? <laughs> oh, you're a little grasshopper. No, they were afraid. But you know, 40 years later, they got a clue as to what those giants were thinking. Remember the, the 40 years later when they sent in two spies? At least if one of them came back with a bad report, it's 50-50. But anyway, I just thought. So they sent in two spies. They go into Jericho, and they end up in Rahab's house. And Rahab tells them this. Let's go to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. That's right after Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Okay. I still haven't found it yet, but I know where it's at. There we go. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 9. <clears throat> well, she, uh, she had to hide him up on her roof because... Uh, they were searching for him in the city. Then in verse 8, it says, Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof. These are the two spies that uh, Joshua had sent in. It says, and, uh, and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us. What'd she say? The terror of those grasshoppers has fallen on them. Goes on to say, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. What'd she say? All the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. How did, the, how did they see those grasshoppers? They saw those grasshoppers as giants. And they were afraid. They were the ones that were faint-hearted. She goes on to say, uh, for we have heard of how the Lord has dried up the, uh, dried up the waters of the Red Sea uh, for you when you came out of Egypt and what, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, and uh, whom you utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither Neither did there remain any more courage in us because of you for, for, uh, he said, he says, uh, she starts talking about the Lord. So how did they see themselves? They saw themselves as grasshoppers. How did the enemy see them? Saw them as giants. You know, you could be a giant with a, with a grasshopper mentality. A giant with a grasshopper mentality. <laughs> Hope my brother, my little brother's watching this. But my brother, my little brother, you know, got, you know, he was like, he was big. You know, he's five years younger than me, but he, I, I don't know if he got to be six foot eight or seven or something like that, but he was always big as a kid. 
As a matter of fact, uh, we, had, we had a nephew that was born about the same time as he was, and these two babies were sitting next to each other, and he looked like a giant. I mean, just as a baby <laughs> compared to this other. But anyway, there was these kids in, in, uh, in, the, in the Kansas City School District where we were going to grade school, and he'd be running home every night. These little, these kids, I mean, this one kid was like a runt. But there was three or four of them, so he's running to get home. <laughs> now, I wouldn't tell people to do this now. <laughs> but he's, he's running, and I see him, see him coming. I reached out, and I grabbed him. I said, if you don't go back there and blankety-blank those guys, then I'm going to do it to you. So I, uh, he kind of stood there in a quandary for a bit. <laughs> so he went back there, and he had a Zorro lunch bucket. Remember those square? <laughs> he had a Zorro lunch bucket, and he starts beating these kids in the, <laughs> in the head. You know, they never bothered him again. They never. As a matter of fact, it's funny. When you get into fights with people as a kid, and, and you win, a lot of times you, they become your best friend. They become your best friend. But see, this, my brother was a giant with a grasshopper mentality. But I had to adjust his perception. <laughs> so it was the Lord. <laughs> Once I adjusted his perception, I didn't change anything about him. He didn't grow up any taller, he didn't get any bigger. He was who he was, but he was able to take, he was probably in fear of me, but he went back there and he alleviated his problem. You know, after that, I don't think, he's, I don't think he saw himself as a grasshopper after that. You know, a lot of times, once we face a problem, changes our perception. I was... Uh, we had bought magazines years ago, and some of them we have never thrown away because it gives me something to, to look at while I'm in the study. <laughs> in a little box. Anyway, <laughs> this Better Homes and Garden. Melody had, had a prescription to Better Homes and Garden, so I'm looking through this, and I saw it's a real little short article but it was about this, uh, this woman, she, she started running in her 40s. Well, 40 sounds real young to me right now, but she started running in her 40s. And she was saying how she, she was never very athletic and this sort of thing. But, you know, and she'd run for five minutes and have to stop for breath. You know, run for five minutes and stop for to breathe. But, you know, now she's, running, now she's running marathons. And she said, you know, if you're afraid to take those baby steps, you'll never make it to the bigger steps. So you might, you might go out for a jog or you might try something and it doesn't work out very well. Just keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. You'll strengthen yourself. You'll strengthen yourself. You'll, you'll get there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in other words, how they perceive themselves was a false perception, but the giants actually perceived them right. 
They were, the giants were fearful and faint-hearted. Their hearts melted within them. You might be surprised that, you know, uh, the enemy is fearful of you and just waiting for you to do something. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's define hope. The real, uh, it says hope is a favorable, confident expectation. Hope is a favorable and confident expectation. What's your expectation? Are you, do, you, do you have the thought, thought that you're a loser? Do you have the thought that, you, uh, the, that uh, you're not good enough? You know, I don't like to watch my, I don't like to watch uh, the thing. The digital, the digital stuff. But I did watch last week's. I thought, man, I must have, I must have been enjoying myself because I was laughing. I was laughing at my own jokes. Didn't sound like you were, but I was <laughs> just, a, just enjoying. You know, I used, uh, you know, and I still, I don't, still don't like to get up and preach, but I used to just dread preaching. Just dread, dread it. But it was because of my perception. Once I changed my perception, it got easier. Once I found, you know, you get on the, you've heard me talk about the rug of peace. Once I felt that I was getting off of the rug of peace, then I just started getting back on that rug of peace. Where do you need to get back on your rug of peace? What is it? Is there something you want to do, but you're a little tormented? You're a little fearful that you might not be able to do it. Is there something holding you back? You need to get on the rug of peace. You get on the rug of peace by having the right hope. You need to have that hope as the favorable and confident expectation. Hope has to do with the unseen and the future. Hope has to do with the unseen. Well, I don't know if I could do it. Well, that's unseen, so you got to try it. Go ahead and give it a shot. Go ahead and try it. Hope, I love this. Hope describes the happy anticipation of good. Happy anticipation of good. Now, I've already told you about the, the scripture in Revelation 21 where it says there, heaven and earth is passing away, but there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So what do we need to have our hope in? Well, Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says this, uh, that we have hope in eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised before the world began. Now, let me talk about eternal life for a second. Eternal life doesn't mean living forever. Doesn't mean live forever. Because you know the wicked will live forever. The wicked will live forever. So what does eternal life mean? It means this. It means the, the, it's life as God has it. 
Do you know that the scripture tells us, I'm not going to go to it. You can do your own studying. But you know, the scripture says that you now have eternal life. So you now have the capacity and the capability with on the inside of you to live life as God does. To live life as God does. Let's read that again. It says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. Turn to somebody and say, can't blame God. He's not lying to me. He promised before the world began. He promised us eternal life. He promised us that we would live life like he has it. Well, I'm a trying brother. We'll quit trying and just start believing. Get your hope up. Sometimes we got so much, sometimes we're, we're so, our perception is so tuned into the way the world thinks that we've forgotten our hope. We've forgotten our hope. As a matter of fact, Paul told, told them in uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, he said to comfort each other with these words. That we're going to be resurrected. That we're going to always be with the Lord. To comfort one each other with these words. Well, they were getting killed on a daily basis, so they probably had a little more incentive to do it. But the reality is, is that there are more martyr, Christian martyrdom today than there was in the first century. More people are being martyred for Christ today than what happened in the first century. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. It says, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints, to, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles. Do we have any Gentiles in here? We have any we have any Jews in here? We're not going to persecute you. So he's talking to us. He says this the the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now I have a question: How do you perceive Christ right now? Do you perceive him as how he came the first time or how he is now? And you know, the only reason he was weak and they did that to him is because they let him or he let them. Jesus let them arrest him. Jesus let them beat him. Jesus let them scourge him. Jesus let them hang him on a cross. So he wasn't weak. Wasn't weak. He let them. So how do you see Christ as weak or as strong? He is not weak anymore. And the scripture says that as he is, so are we in this world. It doesn't say as he is, so are we in heaven. It says, as he is, so are we in this world. 
He was not weak then. He's not weak now. He's in the glory of the Father, and we should be experiencing the glory of the Father. But because we haven't had our hope up or our joyful expectation, we haven't expected any glory. We haven't expected what God has for us. Thank you, Jesus. Well, and uh, Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 25, he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. So we have the hope of the resurrection. Should we just be excited about that when we're going to die? No, we should be excited about it right now. I think that that would give us a little more courage to step out. Hey, if they kill me, so what? I'm going to be resurrected anyway. Yeah, only two people said yeah on that. (laughs) How many people want to go to heaven? Anybody want to go to heaven? (laughs) Just not today. (laughs) They still didn't get people to raise their hand. I want to go to heaven. Hallelujah. Don't tell, no, I better not. (laughs) I was going to say, don't tell Melody this. It wouldn't have bothered me if I'd have just gone on to glory. But, you know, she wouldn't like to hear that, so don't tell her. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hope of the resurrection. Paul said also in Acts chapter 26 that he was arrested because of the hope of the resurrection from the dead. They wanted to kill him because he preached the resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Um, The hope of the, we also have the hope of righteousness. Our, uh, what is righteousness? Now, some of you say, well, that's, uh, that's that gift that God gives us that makes us right with him. And that's true. But it is also a conformity to the purpose and will of God. We are being conformed. We have righteousness because we are accepted by him. But how many of you know that if you read the book of Romans in Romans chapter 8, we are being conformed into the image of his son. That means conformity to righteousness. Hallelujah. You know what? When you're conformed to righteousness, you don't have to apologize as much. Just a thought. Melody, years ago, she used to uh, say, why don't you go out to the church for a couple of days and pray? <laughs> a couple of days, yeah. Well, I knew what she meant. <laughs> and when I came back, I was always better. Why? Because I was conformed I was more conformed into the image of his son. I was more conformed. I was right with God. I was right with God even when I was nasty to her. I don't suggest you live that way. (laughs) Because I'll tell you, God almost killed me a couple times. (laughs) Don't tell that because some people wouldn't believe it. They'd think that's false doctrine. I'd been in two bicycle accidents. And they were both after times when I was treating Melody bad. What do you mean by treating her bad? I didn't I never hit her. We, didn't, we never even argued. 
We just didn't talk. Well, she asked, what are you thinking? Well, you know, never ask a guy what he's thinking because most of the time he ain't thinking nothing. <laughs> Ladies, especially you that haven't been married, if a guy tells you he's not thinking anything, chances are he's probably not thinking anything. <laughs> Guys, am I right? A couple of us anyway. Thank you, Lord. So anyway, did I, did I finish that topic? I don't know. If <laughs> so being conformed. What, do, what is righteousness? Well, righteousness is what the kingdom of God is. Righteousness is, is this. It's hearing God's voice and obeying it. Now, of course, we are righteous because of what Jesus did, but also our actions become righteous when we hear God's voice and we obey him. So there is that part that where we are accepted by Christ, we're accepted by the Father because of what Jesus did, but there's also the living of righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Glory to Jesus. Oh, let, I just let me finish, finish with this thought. In Matthew chapter 4, Verse 4, it says, it is written, you know, uh, Satan is tempting Jesus. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Previously, Satan had said, if you are, if you are the son of God. You know, if, if you think you can do this, then do this. If you think this, then do this. But Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Destroy the kingdom of darkness by hearing God and obeying. And I wrote this down. I said, don't get in a debate with Satan. When Satan was attacking Jesus, he didn't debate him. He just said, it is written. You know, instantly Satan had to go to something else. If you are the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. It is written. Just shut him down. So don't get in a debate with Satan. Well, I don't know if I've ever been in a debate with Satan. If you've ever argued with yourself, you probably have been. If you know what to do, if you know something is right to do and you're still debating, you're debating with Satan. Just a thought. Hallelujah. Now, if they let me preach again, we want to we hook up with getting your hope up. Now, I didn't even finish. There's so much. The Bible talks about hope about what you, what you can hope for. God's got a lot for us to hope for, but it's got to be activated. How do I activate it? Well, when I get to preach again, we'll let you know. I don't want to shoot it all in one sermon. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, I just ask you right now to speak to your people in the name of Jesus.
And I just hear the Spirit of the Lord say that it's time to raise your sights. But the Lord would say, I have already lifted you up and I've already called you to a place of prominence, says the Lord. And the Lord says that you are not to inhabit the low places, but the Lord says, I have called you to inhabit the place of honor. And the Lord says, it's not the place of arrogance, it's the place of humility. For humility is receiving what I say and acting on it, says the Lord. And not trying to do it yourself because I've already done it, says the Lord. So the Lord says, be encouraged this day and know that I have a power in you that wants to reveal to you what I have for you to hope for. And the Lord says this, that you can pray that I will reveal what is the, uh, that I will reveal what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And you do that by asking for the spirit of wisdom. And as you receive the spirit of wisdom, and as you allow the spirit of wisdom to talk to you, says the Lord, then he will elevate your sights and you'll not be looking down, but you'll be looking forward, says the Lord. Amen. I'm going to ask the, uh, the healing team. Do we have a healing team today? <laughs>